How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Jack Healy, and it's time for another episode of Comedy and Tragedy. After a pretty miserable Sunday, I mean, that Falcons game was, I, I don't even want to talk about it. There's misery to watch, absolute dog shit. Fuck that. Fuck that game. Fuck everything about it. 40 point. You're going to lose by 40 points? And then, and then better off. I thought I was about to watch the worst Nick game of all time. That start was, oh, they couldn't hit anything. The starters looked lost again. Kemba was the only person doing anything. And then Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. I love the guy. I love everything about him. That slam and that dunk was sick. Him and IQ are the only things right now. That keep me sane. IQ every single time I need the Knicks. And I, I'm just sitting there watching the Knicks like, oh, my God, they need to hit something. They need to hit something. And if they don't, the game's over. Quickly comes in. hits. Uh, he is automatic sometimes when it comes to that three ball. No matter where he is. He's got the deep ball. He's got the straight away. He's got the moving. Quickly is he's gonna be that guy in a few years. He's gonna be the next point guard. Yeah, I think he's gonna be the guy that take he could be the guy that takes him far. They get it if they can keep getting better and he can keep adding to his game. I think he could become the best like a mix between Rose and Kemba. Because he's got the handle, he's got the quickness, but he's also got the he's got the shot. And he's pretty good defensively with long arms. I like what they got with Quickly. I like. I really like the kid. Now, when it comes to Kemba and Rose, they are not the problem. Kemba's he struggled a little bit, but they lost. They almost lost two straight games, and the, the starters looked really bad in two straight games that he's playing very good in. He was lighting up Charlotte, and he was playing very good, and he kind of lighting up. Indiana last night. But still, the starters get outscored now played because the other four guys, it's like they got the heads up their ass. Julius Randle is very frustrating to watch. Does he suck? No. If you think you're sucking, if you think he sucks, you're a fucking moron. How many players have you watched Consistently put up 20, 10, and 5 as a Nick. No matter how messy or how sloppy it can look sometimes. It's hard to find a guy who can do that. And yeah, he's got he's got to clean it up. He does. If they want to be a great team, even a good team, he's got to be better. As their leader and as their best player, he's got to be better. But it's not as much. As how good he is, as it is what he's doing. And he's got to be smarter. He's got to stop taking these stupid shots. 75% of the shots he takes are good. The 25% that I hate, that drive me crazy, are the ones that he has the ball for more than five, six seconds. You should not be backing a guy down for that long. You're not Joel Embiid. You're not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You hit half of those fadeaways, if that. If that, it's not last year. You were hitting those shots last year, but you're not anymore. 
You should be taking more threes and less fadeaways. Yes, you do hit them. And when you're hot, I don't care. You hit four, three, four shots in a row. Take how many, take whatever the fuck shot you want. But you're not, you haven't been getting hot. You haven't been hitting three, four shots in a row anymore. You're going to take three dribbles, three, four dribbles. You better either shoot it right away, get a good look, or you better be passing it off. They need cleaner basketball. I don't think any of the players or any of the starters are bad or should be benched. I think it comes down to taking smarter shots, and they're getting good looks. If they, if they hit half of these good looks, we wouldn't be having problems right now. Because that's the other when – you, when your biggest problem is that you just can't hit shots, I'm not that worried. I'm really not. It's not that they, they can't hold on to the ball. They do turn it over, but it's not it's not at a rate where you're like, oh, this team, they, they fucking suck. Like, trust me, if that was the case, you would be hearing it from right now. I've watched Nick teams that blow. I've watched Nick teams that can't do anything. I've watched Nick teams that have a guy like Julius Randle just taking a bunch of shit shots, putting up empty stats, and winning 25 games. This is not that team. This is a team that has a great coach, a great bench, and just needs to get its head out of his ass. You get that you get your starters rolling and you get them shooting at a consistent rate. They don't have to be the best team in the league shooting-wise, but you can't be the worst team. You can't be hitting nothing. Because every team you're playing right now is starting off hot at they start off hot at the boy line. They're starting off five for five, six for seven, six for eight. And when you're starting off off of your first 10, it's very hard to win that game. It's very hard to win these games. And they, they somehow do. And that's, that proves to you how good of a coach Tibbs is. Did it make me freak out the other day when he kept the bench in the whole time? Yeah. But I do understand why he's doing it. Because they've been a better five. They've been one of the best fives in the league. And while it's annoying that he didn't put in Julius Randle in that game where you, I think he really should have, I understand why. Julius has to get his head out of his ass. And he's got – if he wants to be the guy and he wants to be – he could be the king of New York if he really wanted to. Kevin Durant, he passed all, He passed that on. When he didn't come to New York and he didn't come to the Knicks, he gave Julius Randle the opportunity to be the most loved player in New York. If he can lead a Knicks team to the second, third round, averaging 25 points a game on better shooting, he will be loved like he was last year, but at a rate where people like, will he, is he better than Kevin Durant? No. Will he ever be better than Kevin Durant? I doubt it. But Nick fans are so delusional that if all he has to do is win, and Nick fans will be, they'll say it and they'll believe it. That's how it is. That's how New York fans are. You are, if you're great and they see you be great, no one's better in their eyes. But he needs to play better. And if he doesn't take advantage, uh, he he's getting the worst of it right now of the New York fan base. He's got to start taking advantage of it. You, you had them on your side in the beginning of the season. 
because you had a great year last year. They built around you. You just you looked like you were working all offseason, and we looked like we were primed for a really good year. But it's starting to look like Julius is getting back into his old form of let me sit in the post and throw shit passes or take a shit shot. You don't need to do that anymore. One, it's not the 50s, 60s anymore. The game doesn't run through the post. Two, you have spacing. You have guys that can dribble and shoot. You don't need to be holding the ball all game. Granted, the team hasn't been shooting great. But it's not going to get easier when you have the shots they take or your shit shots. I would all day rather, Julius, be taking more threes and missing more threes than taking these shots. That's how the game is now. Everyone's shooting a lot of threes. Everyone's shooting a bunch of threes. So you got to adapt to the game. You got to adapt to the game, Julius. More fans and more even coaches and analysts are all going to accept the fact and rather you take more threes than being it's, – it's the smarter thing to do now. You're going to le- average less turnovers and you're going to average just a better field goal percentage from the field if you're taking less of these dumb and uh, – Difficult, hard, contested shots falling out of bounds. It also makes you a lot harder to guard when you're a 6'9", 250, 60-pound guy who can dribble. And you're going to add, if you can add the knockdown three back into your arsenal, that's scarier in this NBA than hitting the, the being knocked down from fadeaway. It just is. The great players all had a great fadeaway. But it's not that league anymore. And I don't think Julius Randle is going to be one of the best players of all time. Does he still have that shot? I mean, anything can happen, and he has the world at his hands right now. He has, if he really wanted to, and he really was dead, like, I feel like he really works hard, and he's a player that has the skill. And I feel like he's just that one, this one little thing, this one little, it's like this hump he has to get over, which we thought, we all thought he got over it last year. And if he doesn't get over this, he's not only not going to be a great player, one like it's what's separating him. It really is. No one knows how good of a player he is right now because of it. It's hard to see, it's hard to put him with the best players in the league when he's turning the ball over and taking dumb shots so much. It's hard. It's hard for me and it's hard for a lot of people because there are too many people that think he sucks. He doesn't suck. He's stupid sometimes, but he doesn't suck. For the Nets, I'm, I'm just far less worried. That's why I'm really not going to talk about them as much. They got their shit together. Yeah, it, it looked a little concerning for a little bit, but that it just it comes with when you make a lot of moves and have different lineups and starting to run some different things, you're going you're gonna to struggle a little bit. I mean, that's what kind of happening to the Knicks right now, too. That's, again, why I'm not worried. We're 14 games in. 
We're not very far into the season. A lot of basketball left to go. Next, the Nets are, seem to already have patched things up. I think the Knicks will too. And come playoff time, it's going to be individual players that start making the difference. Because as a team, they're both good teams. But when you, you need guys like Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, James Harden, you're going to need these guys to step up. And these guys have been known to not play great and as good when they get to the playoffs. These are guys that are, they need to step up for their respective teams if they want to go deep and they want to make a run. Because playoff basketball is a whole different story. And no matter what sport you're in, the postseason is always where the great ones are made. And I will never consider you elite or top of the top until you are a proven postseason player. When you prove you can play not, not as good, if you got to be just as good. You got to be, it's got to be, all right, this guy gets into the postseason and he, he shows up. He shows up under the bright lights. There are many players to go to the postseason and play just as good, if not better. Patrick Mahomes in football, his whole career has been a playoff phenom. Michael Jordan was always great in the playoffs. The guy was on, the guy brought trash Bulls teams in the beginning of his career and put up ridiculous stat lines. Players are great in the playoffs are the great players. You're not good in the playoffs and a bad player. And yeah, there are guys that step up and have little playoff runs. But that's a role. Those are role players. Those are guys that, yeah, you need those guys when you make a championship run. You need those guys to step up. You need a guy to hit your big shots. Because one of the biggest shots in NBA history was by a role player. Ray Allen was he was not prime Ray Allen on the on that Heat team. He was barely doing anything in that final series. But no one will remember that. All anyone will ever remember is that shot and how ridiculously clutch and just how perfect it was in the moment. Those are the players that win you series. Those are the players that win you finals. You need a guy. like Joe Harris could be that guy for the Nets, but he hasn't stepped up in the playoffs. Can he be that guy this year? We'll see. The Knicks went out and got Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker because Julius, when we got to the playoffs, Julius wasn't that guy. He couldn't step up and he couldn't put a team on his back, which is a lot to ask of a player. But he couldn't do it. So they went out and got guys that can maybe take that load off his shoulders. And hopefully they can. Because if they don't, we're going to see another early exit. But it's way too early to tell. It really is.
because it, it could be injuries. There could be another move made. There's just so much basketball left to be played. They still have to figure out where and who they are in this league. The most exciting thing about all this is that it's anyone's year. Anyone who thinks that it's going to be Lakers-Nets guaranteed, yeah, it's a very good chance that it's Nets-Lakers. But last year proved to you and proved to all of us, it's anyone's game. Anyone could get to the finals. Anyone could get to the dance because basketball has a lot of injuries. Yeah, it's not as physical as football. And injuries might not be as gruesome and as life-threatening sometimes, but they're just as common. Just because of all the leg injuries and all the tendon injuries, whether it's knees or Achilles, they're just as common. If not more, because, I mean, how God knows how soft the, the NBA's gotten. Yeah, there's some tough dudes who play in it, but how many, how many times and how many rules did they have to put in place so that players would stop flopping all over the floor? That was misery to watch. Yeah, it still happens, but there, were, there was a time where basketball was nearly unwatchable. And while they're still working out kinks and there's still some, now there's, I would rather there be no calls than there be stupid calls. That's the worst thing watching basketball, especially as a Nick fan. Because they, they don't get calls in their own goddamn arena. I see Derrick Rose get slapped in the face. And there's no call. And then TJ McConnell, that little stupid rat motherfucker, can drive in, get skimmed on his elbow, and he's at the free throw line. Yeah. All I ask is that if you're going to let them play, let both teams play. Just call it both ways. I am all for letting them play. That's, that's how the game was meant to be played. Back in the day, players used to punch each other in the fucking jaw. That would be a technical foul. Not all this bullshit that they're, that they're calling. Some of these technicals, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like the taunting calls in the NFL. These are grown men playing a competitive sport. No one wants to see the bullshit CYO calls. No one. No one wants to see it. Like, are you not a 60-year-old man? That, that is who most officials are. 60-year-old, 50-year-old men making these dog shit calls. Oh, I don't like what he said to me. I'm going to tee him up. I'm going to throw a flag. Grow a pair, will you? How much are you getting paid to officiate these games? This is literally your livelihood. This is your job. Your job is to officiate and make sure the game runs smoothly. So what are you going to do? You're going to make a bullshit call that everyone's going to see. And that that's going to dictate the game. That millions of people are watching. Because someone said something you don't like. Like, it, it, it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind how, how these people even have jobs. Like, do I want everything to be run by robots? No. 
But it's getting to the point where that's what's going to happen. Everyone is getting sick of it. Everyone is getting sick of these officials. It takes away from the sport. And yet you can't blame a win or a loss on officials. You can't. It's not an excuse. But as a fan and as someone who's watching the game, no one wants to see it. Nobody. Well, I guess I got the little rant out of me. <laughs> There's a lot to look forward to in this season. A lot of basketball left. Like, as I've said, it's a very exciting season. I can't wait to, can't wait to see who starts to pull away at the top. You have my, my prediction as the Nets, I think it's going to be Nets-Warriors. That's, that's my call for the finals. Because the, Net, the Lakers, I see... I see them declining. I, I I like the Westbrook move. Westbrook's a good player, and he's going to be the guy that can take the load on when LeBron's out. But when it comes to playoff and finals time, teams like the Suns and the Warriors scare me more. They do. They just do more as a team and have more guys that scare me when, it, when, it, when it's going to get down dirty. I don't see. I mean, if Westbrook, LeBron, and AB are all fully healthy, they're going to make a run. I don't think they'll go for one and done like they did last year. But I could, I could really see them losing to even a team like the Jazz. Yeah, it's the oh, it's the Jazz. The Jazz seem to be great in the regular season every year, and then. Someone takes them down in the playoffs. But every year, Donovan Mitchell is getting better. I could, I could see Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. I could see that they get hot at the right time. And they get the Lakers second round. Why not? We saw some teams take, uh, yeah, AD got hurt, but Suns took care of them last year. Jay Crowder was dancing on LeBron. That was hilarious. And we saw the Nets get taken down by the Bucks because Katie's got big feet. <laughs> uh, anything is possible. Anything is possible. We see it every year from the NBA, and I can't wait to see how it all shapes up. It's been another great episode. Can't wait to see how everything unfolds. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.